yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time imon irok the yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter fein. Skilti fis turmi. Tashe dochretche nach vetoch ara egornamian on kestchen ekol. Vien talam aginam griv arkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler. Now, what are the big tech trends for 2024? What's going to happen with crypto, with electric cars, with AI, with Elon Musk? Is Elon Musk going to pull X from the EU? Is there any hope in the fight against text scammers? Well, I think I have the answers. I've come up with a list of 10 predictions of what's going to happen in the year to come. And at the end of the year, we can come back and revisit that. Tabitha Monaghan, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Where will we start? Where will we start? Let's start with Threads and X. And I'm saying the Threads is going to overtake X. New year, new platform. Mm. I don't know. Have you spent? How much time have you spent on Threads? Right now, I everything I tweet, I also put on Threads. I'm trying to see what the engagement is like and what you know, what the community is like. Whether there are trolls, whether there's nice people there. I, I I've spent a little bit of time since it came in. Probably I was a week after they um, launched in the EU. So far, I find that Threads is a little bit vanilla. It's almost a little bit LinkedIn-like. It's very Ooh, positive. That. I find that's the, and I'm not, it's not just the following side. I'm mostly on the For You section mm. of Threads and I'm finding it's a little bit lame. Are you following me? A little bit. Yes, that's why I said a little bit lame. No, I think I've spiced it up a bit. <laughs> you no, know, you have, but, uh, you, but you're, it's the same stuff that you're getting on X. Yeah. But I find it's a lot of memes or... Mm. Um, Hey, pen users, here's six different pens. Which one would you choose? Ooh. I find it's a lot of that kind of forced engagement at the moment. There's and a I bit wonder, of a bang that... of Instagram off yeah, that. Yeah. But, but you know why? Because it's using your Instagram yeah. algorithm to feed you stuff on threads. Exactly. It's a very different algorithm. And also maybe I'm slightly institutionalized coming mm. from X where everything is grim and drama. drama and intense and this is very different and that's why I'm calling it a bit vanilla right now. So I wonder is Threads going to take over because uh, on its own merits or is it because of the failure of X or potential failure of X? I'm leaving it open-ended as to how it's going to take over. So is it going to exceed it in numbers of users which it's way away from right now. So Threads has about maybe 15, 20 million daily users at the moment. X has well north of 100 million uh, daily users, if we're to believe the company. Or will it just be that 
Threads is more viable and more successful product, for example, when they start allowing ads on. There's no ads on Threads. So instantly then it will become more viable overnight than X, which is going down the sinkhole when it comes to advertising. But your question about um, what is going to be the trigger that makes that happen, I think it's a com- I think it's mainly Elon Musk. I think he's mm. dragging it down. I think he's going, there's a good chance that X leaves the European Union this year. It's not available to us in yeah. the studio by the end of this year. And I think the reason for that is that the EU has opened, the commission has opened an investigation against X for misinformation and other things. And I think Musk might reckon that it's just too much hassle to to, to keep it here. Does he need it to stay in the EU for oh, it to from, remain viable? Oh, viable? I would have thought so. I mean, EU is by far the second biggest market after North America for Twitter stroke X. So if he's any hope of getting ads, then it has to stay in the EU. But then on the other hand, we know that he's a bit of a free speech absolutist and we know that he has disbanded the safety and trust team and we know that that's basically incompatible with running a social media platform now in the EU. So the signs aren't great. And he, we know he's, all, he's also said that he won't keep X operational if it doesn't wash its face commercially. So He won't pay for it out of his own pocket. No. Yeah. So either it shuts down or he pulls out of the EU, I think. What do, you th- what do you think of Threads, though, on its own, on its own merits? You've been using it's it for okay. a few weeks. It's okay. It's um, okay. It's o- It's good enough to come back to. It's good enough for when I get up in the morning and I take my phone out to see what's going on. Are you finding out what's going on on Threads, though? For tech, I am. Okay. Because a lot of the key tech journalists, for example, are now using Threads more than they're using X. So I'm finding stuff out about... Uh, tech news, social media news, platform news, Apple news, Samsung news, more on threads than I am on X. I think it just takes a little bit more time for that natural mm. engagement to come along. I still find there's a little bit of, you know, those early days of when you would, when you signed up for Facebook and it's like, hey, who else is here? Mm. I find that that's yeah. still happening a little bit. And the big complaint about threads from some of its users who like news is that it's too heavily moderated. So that... Things that are a bit dramatic sometimes get moderated away from your view. Now we can't have it both ways, can't though, can both we? Ways. We can't have X and we can't, you know. So we, in we many don't ways, and it's an interesting contest, right? Because oh, it's Musk's penchant for drama versus. Um, uh, but it's human instinct to want drama as well. Yeah, there is. There is that. There is, but drama, stroke, misinformation versus Zuckerberg's more Instagram-y, maybe LinkedIn, as you've described. I didn't get that feeling of of it now, to be fair, because I, I just can't bear LinkedIn. I, I can't go near it. Um, but but let's see. Anyway, that's prediction number one. That's On what to I think. another drama that you have brought to Threads slash X. I brought the drama to X and Threads, electric cars. And just before we get to the prediction, sort of what Tabitha Richard was talking about there is a tweet I put up Actually, it's more than a tweet because I, I wrote a column which was the most read business piece on independent.ie a few weeks ago. And that was about the collapse in price of electric cars. And we did a whole podcast about that. But then I tweeted because I was driving down to Cork from Dublin and it was a cold day and it was kind of windy. And I didn't get as far as Cork from Dublin, which is a first for my electric car, which is Volkswagen ID3, which has a claimed range of 424 kilometers but 220 kilometers into it, I only had 5% range left and I had to stop and uh, charge. And I tweeted about it and it caused, got a lot of attention, got a lot of blowback as well from people who, for their own reasons, for different reasons, don't like it when that kind of information about electric cars 
is uh, is broadcast probably because they feel you know it detracts from the effort of changing from petrol or diesel to to electric so i understand the motives but um but also is it very um individualized as well sometimes some people were saying mm. that it depends on how you drive the car yourself it does and there was I, I got a few questions about that and i was happy to clarify it so if you accelerate quickly and brake a lot, an awful lot you will use up the battery on an electric car more. Now, my own style, I wrote a column about this, how I've become a Zen uh, driver mm. of electric cars. I rarely ever touch the brake pedal. I have it on regenerative mode. I like sort of just going at an even pace, almost drifting. And that's the most conservative, the most energy efficient way to drive a car. And even driving it like that, um, well under the speed limit, by the way. So on a motorway, it's 120 kilometers per hour. I was driving it mostly at 105 kilometers per hour, sometimes up to 110, mostly 105. And still nowhere near... Now, I was probably driving into a headwind and it was cold. It was seven and a half degrees and I had the heater on. And people were saying, oh, yeah, but you had the heater on. Yes, I had the heater on. I was driving normally like you drive a car in, yeah. in, in on a cold day. Yeah. Or did you have anyone else in the car? Yes, I had one other person in the car. Yeah. Normal. Yeah. But anyway. This isn't the reason why you have put electric cars on your list. It's because the risk to a loss of sale momentum. Yeah, so there is a loss of sales momentum. So we, <clears throat> we've we just had the figures for last year. And for electric cars, it was pretty good. We had, I think, just checking the figures here, there were, I think, 22,000, almost 23,000 electric cars were registered last year. That's big growth on the year before, which was, I think, 50% up or so on the year before. And it's a massive increase on a few, a few years back. But it's still only one-fifth of all new cars sold last year. Why do you think that is? Is it a well, case where we see, we've seen the people who can afford EVs have now bought There are two EVs? reasons. The first reason is because last year they were still more expensive than petrol diesel cars and they still are, you know, by and large. But the second reason, which went to my tweet, people think they might get stuck in electric cars. Not going around the town or the city that you live in, they're absolutely perfect for that. They think that if you want to visit a relative in Cork or you want to go on holidays to Donegal or you're going to visit your kid who's in college in Galway, that whatever about getting down there, which you may or may not do, you'll have to charge and you definitely wouldn't get back without a second charge. So that's a real problem. It's and the infrastructure. The public infrastructure is crap. Okay. It's not just mediocre, it's crap. I mean, on the, the road that I do most regularly, which is Dublin to North Mayo, there is one single fast charger in the whole road. One. Mm. I mean, there are dozens of petrol stations. There's one yeah. on, on, on the whole road. And because there's only one and because uh, electric car sales are growing, there's often a queue for it. So, sorry, guys, it's but difficult. this is the reality. Now, to put this into context, I bought an electric. I put my money where my mouth is. I knew about all of this. You've, you've wanted to change I've for a while. I've wanted to change electric and I paid the premium. But that doesn't change the fact, guys, we're, if if we want to have gr to hit our targets of a million electric cars by 2030, which, by the way, isn't going to happen. But if we want anywhere close to it, we need to build out uh, more uh, public infrastructure. And also, it would really help if senior politicians and ministers were forced to drive electric cars or their drivers were, because that really is the only way that it's going to, you know, to put a rocket under it. Yeah. So anyway, what I'm saying is that Sales momentum for electric cars will ease this year, partly uh, for those reasons. Now, if I, you know, if someone was asking me, 
what's the best car to buy in the circumstance. I still like the electric. So you can buy a plug-in hybrid car, and that's a car that does have a petrol engine, but it has an electric car-style plug-in facility that gives you between maybe 45 and 75 kilometers of purely electric, which means if you're just going around town, just doing your normal stuff or going into work, you might as well be driving an electric car. You get all the benefits of an electric car, but if you want to go down the country... It kicks into petrol and you don't have to worry about the shambolic uh, public infrastructure. In this specific prediction, are you including just new electric cars or secondhand as well? Secondhand as well. You include secondhand? Oh, yeah. Well, for secondhand, electric cars can only be resold from the stock that's there, which is still quite small. I mean, there's probably, I don't know, around 100,000 electric cars, maybe not even, um, in the country. So that's, that's keeping the price higher than it would normally then? Yeah, well, don't forget the price came down significantly on most of the main brands in the last uh, four to six weeks, um, be, you know, before Christmas. I mean, up to eight or nine grand on, on some of the, the best-selling uh, models. So actually, ironically, it's not a bad time to be buying an electric car from value, uh, yeah. from a value perspective now. But uh, I, I think sales will falter a little bit compared, compared to what they have been doing because most of the early adopters, like me, have gone in and now you're left with people who have totally legitimate concerns and are being gaslit by by car brands and by people rep- who might as well be aping the marketing lines of car brands who are telling them there's nothing to worry about, which is just nonsense. And, and by the way, does huge damage to people who want to buy electric cars because it, it, it causes a, a, a level of distrust and confusion, and it 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 just is bad, in my opinion. But there's a there's a, okay there's a, there's the amount of range that a car brand will say that their an EV will give mm. you. But then, do you think what they need to do then is to say, okay, but when you are using the radio, have a car full of people and luggage oh, yeah. and heating and everything. And by the way, weather could potentially yeah. affect it. Is that, is that what you're looking for? I think that would be for? a brilliant thing to do. I think that would reassure people, give them a level of confidence that they would know more what they were buying into. So there was a couple of things that would, would really help. When they're attaching the range, uh, the WLTP, which is kind of an industry metric, range to cars when they're selling them. For the ID3, it's like 420, 424, something like that. And that's a mixture of city driving and and country driving and motorway driving, it's its utterly unrealistic unless it's a warm day and you're mostly doing city driving. And then you will often exceed the range, by the way. Um, they should put just a few bullet points. If you are driving on a motorway at the speed limit, this is roughly the range you'll get. If the weather is cold this is and you need to use the heater, this is roughly the range you get. Just a few clarifications like that. Educate people, but they don't because they don't have to because there's no regulatory oversight and because... We, for some reason, have, you know, an information ecosystem that, for whatever reason, does not surface these in an adequate way. And then it's people like me who do. And then uh, it somehow it's controversial. Anyway, let's move yes. on to prediction number three, Apple's Vision Pro mixed reality headset. I am skeptical on this one purely because I remember the conversations that we were having when Apple's Vision Pro launched. And the question was, Okay, you'll have those early adopters, those people who are going to buy it regardless, the, the, the Apple fans that will want to see this and are interested, generally curious, and three will and drop grand. three grand, three and a half grand for Probably it. Probably four here. But 
for it to become more mainstream and more regular, it's that need for an essential use. Mm. And I don't know if that is there yet. We haven't seen it yet. So it's two things. One, Apple is building an app store with this. So it's not just that they're going to launch the Vision Pro headset and say, now there you go, uh, go off and look for a metaverse and see what you can do with it. They're actually um, launching an app store and there's going to be a bunch of apps that are ready to go when it's sold. And Apple being Apple, you know that they're going to have all these use cases and presentations and all that sort of stuff. We ready. kind of saw that already, didn't we? We saw some of it, but we saw some of it like last June, mm. which was at this point seven, eight months ago. Do you think that's going to be wildly different? No, but I think it'll be more developed. Okay. Um, I think Apple's own projections for its sales are modest enough by Apple standards, 1.5 million uh, units. Now at three and a half, four grand yeah. ago, that's your... That's still a 5 billion euro business, which for any other company is massive. For Apple, it's modest. But if they sell out, and if there are 1.5 million people out there who are willing to spend four grand or three and a half grand on one of these things, which I think there probably are over the the course of a few months. I mean, in California, New York, parts of the US alone, there's probably close to a million people who will buy that. And I think you could probably say the same in Europe, Japan. I'd say they'll. I'd say they'll sell out. And what Apple's quite good at doing is telling us how, why we need this yeah. product, and and educating its consumer base on yeah. why this product will fit into your life. Yes. So that'll be for me the interesting bit. It will. Now, look. Let me just say, I agree with you. I'm skeptical as well. I, I don't like giant cranial strap-ons. Okay, on my head uh, for any reason, really. And. <laughs> 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 And, you know, uh, I, this is kind of very loosely, <laughs> Sorry, very metaphorically falls into that description category because it's something that obscures your sight. You're in another reality. Now, it's a mixed reality, so you can actually see what's in front of you. There's a pass-through technology, and there's this kind of weird thing where if somebody walks into the room and you're using it and you want them to know that That's you can bizarre. see them, you switch and, and you see these sort of digital animated eyes like yeah. something for Black Mirror. But it's taking you away from interacting with the people around you. It's very insular. If you're with people. So yeah, true. I think we might have had this discussion before. Maybe we didn't, but... There is a growing, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, a growing thing about people spending more time by themselves. Yes, it's called the loneliness epidemic, which I actually <laughs> think we'll be coming to later on in this list. Yeah. But yeah. In, but it's true and it's that's the way the technology is going. When you think about home, it, headphones and stuff, that's what it's home, doing. Yeah. I don't know what it's like in your house. In our house, three bed, four bed semi house, three of us living there, um, it's not unusual for, say, over the period of, say, 90 minutes during an evening where we are doing separate things and separate audiovisual things. Someone's watching the TV, someone else is on social media and someone else is doing something else. Oh, technology else. has given us that luxury, no doubt. Yeah. Now, is it really that much of a big skip for, say, the person who's in their room as opposed to the person in the kitchen or the living room, the person in their room, to be also wearing the headset? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. It's when we start seeing people going out for walks in the park with no, them no. on. I, I, you know. I, I, I cannot see that happening. Looking up, look at the tree. This is what no, the tree is. This is very much, although in sort of 
version not two, but version three or four or five, when they get down to something closer to a pair of sunglasses, yeah. sure. Yeah. Why not? Okay, um, but that's that's like future problems is, that we don't need to even think about. I do think it's a bit well, dystopian, a problem I think. or an opportunity. But the uh, the the Vision Pro, I do think, will kickstart. Like Facebook and Meta have had difficulty selling their their smart glasses because it's Meta and it's Facebook, and you, you it's suspicious from the start. I think with the Vision Pro, if they establish the concept as something potentially interesting, then I think that will also help Facebook and Meta with their smart glasses. Number four, AI. AI. And yeah. we could spend a lot of time on this, but I We spent a lot know. of 2023 talking about AI. We did. Are we going to see similar interest? Is it, when you say... It it will dominate this year. Mm. Do you mean it'll dominate in the same way that it dominated twenty twenty three with yeah, loads of I developments? Do. I do because we're going to see Chat We're going to see GPT five launch this year, and that is going to be another step change. I think a lot of it will be doomy and gloomy, the same as a lot of it has been up to now. Insofar as we've got elections, yeah, possibly in the UK, US, um, the US, definitely in the US, possibly in Ireland, EU. EU. Sure, so we have referendums here anyway, so. Yeah, so we're going to have um, deep fakes potentially. We're going to have, yeah. uh, uh, it's going to be a lot of um, potential there for elections. Now, in the Irish electoral con- context, is there anybody with the means and the motivation to really get involved with AI? I don't know. Who does that fall under? Is it Commissioner Man who needs to be? It would partly at least fall under Commission Naman. It would then also fall under the social media platforms because as we've seen from the Commission's prosecution of Elon Musk and X, if a platform is hosting disinformation and it's aware of it and it doesn't do have measures in place to take it down, it can be responsible. So that so AI I think will will dominate the year again. We're 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 gonna get on to another AI related topic in a minute. But first, crypto number five. Yeah, interesting. I think it's gonna be more respectable. And the reason I think it's gonna be more respectable is because it looks more and more likely that in the US they're going to allow what's called an exchange traded funds. Now, if you're more interested in this, we did a podcast on it about a month ago. You can go back and we went into it in depth. But in a nutshell, what it means is that essentially from a regulatory point of view, banks and stock traders and those kinds of entities will be allowed to trade crypto assets like their normal shares. So that means for you and your pension fund, when you're guiding them as to what to do or what to put in, they will be allowed to include crypto. It That's not certain yet, but it's getting closer and closer. And if that happens, which I'm predicting it probably will, um, then crypto becomes a little bit more reg- regulation, a little bit safer. A little bit more mainstream. Will it be Will it be the case here in EU, though? I think it possibly might follow. I mean, the EU has been fairly forward-thinking and progressive when it comes to crypto, if those are the right terms to use, forward-thinking and progressive, in that our legis- our regu- regulation here, Mika, um, is way ahead of the US. So it's not unforeseeable that they would follow the US, but I think it will start in the US. But I, 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 I think, think it's interesting you say that, though, because of all the... Um sagas that have happened mm, within scandals. the yeah the scandals that have happened you know you had Binance they're fine yeah. 4.3 billion obviously yeah. FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried mm-hmm. despite all that yeah. you still think it's and despite all the nonsense I mean all the um, the NFTs for example the stuff about buying a board ape yacht club yeah 
NFT for a hundred grand, and now it's worth you know five or you know yeah. uh, or, or two hundred grand. Cristiano Ronaldo um, doing a deal with Binance where you could buy an NFT of I don't know something to do with Ronaldo for seventy seven dollars now worth one. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, so there's an awful lot of fly by night, but that's kind of buyer beware stuff as well. Definitely. I don't have much, much sympathy for those guys. Yeah. Next one, definitely agree with you on this one. TikTok survives mm. further threats of a ban. Yeah, I've thought this for some time. There was a period in 2023 where it looked, it was an open question as to whether TikTok was going to be banned in the US and Europe. And we had all these sort of micro bans going on in sort of state governments. And here in Ireland, for example, there was a recommendation for public uh, uh, and civil servants and public officials not to have it on their phones. And that was just a recommendation. Just a recommendation. There were other um, bodies where it was actually banned. Uh, A lot of embassies are not allowed to use them, embassy staff. Um, I know because I was giving a talk a few weeks ago to the Spanish embassy. There's a lot of other ambassadors there. There's a lot of other embassy staff there. And I was chiding them because it was about misinformation, I was chiding them because they're all older than me, um, which is increasingly unusual. That uh, look, you guys kind of don't know what you're talking about. Like, show of hands, how many people here have ever used TikTok? And two or three people instantly shot back. We're not allowed. Yeah. So, but there were all those micro bans, and then there was this question: Is TikTok going to be banned? And it which was really, a lovely, interesting question to debate mm. and have a think about. But it was always the practicality of doing that. Yeah. For my in my mind, the horse had already bolted yeah. in Ireland. I think we have has to be over now because this was October's figures. Oh, two million users in Ireland alone. Oh yeah. How can you do that? Practically is, speaking, yeah. how could you implement a ban? It is arguably the most important social network now, more important than Instagram, more important than Facebook, more important than X. In, in Anyway, it looks very unlikely that unless there's some unbelievable smoking gun and Donald Trump could get elected in, in next November, but he won't have a chance to do anything until he takes power until 2025. So I don't think it's going to it's going to to, to get a ban. Um I do think the mobile networks here are going to start creaking. That is prediction number seven. And that's because investment, 5G has been such a flop here. It's been such a cod. Um, And I usually love all the new tech, particularly in telecoms, but it has done nothing. It's brought nothing to the vast majority of people's lives. The speeds are not better, really, than 4G, not consistently. Or enough to be different, or, or not? Yeah. I mean, it, comparatively, it just wasn't and even noticeable. like during a big match. For, like one of the use cases that was sold, there were a couple of things that they told us with five G. One is we would have, it'd be brilliant for self driving cars. See any self driving cars mm. around the place? Two, it would be brilliant in a stadium when there's a big match on and everybody's trying to, you know, post something on social media or WhatsApp, call their friends or something. And that's just not the case. I mean, it was maybe. like they were almost creating issues to sell it. Was yeah. that, were they issues the in the first place? The problem is that they spent so much on the auctions for them, the, mm. the operators. Like in, in the US, and particularly in one case, one operator, Verizon, paid $45 billion in, in just to get the spectrum. And there hasn't been the payoff. Nobody takes a subscription to a phone operator because of 5G. They can barely sell them at a premium. So, but the operators have spent all this money and you can start to feel it now, even going around Ireland, the networks are, feel that they don't feel as robust as they used to be. Just, you can just 
feel that starting. And I think that could be an issue this year. What? How are we going, as the everyday person, going to see that happen? Or how, how will that look? Call quality. Okay. And also... Just uh, normal, regular calls, not... Yeah, normal, regular calls. And also data quality as well. So if you're on the road and you're a passenger and you're trying to access a piece of information or not Google Maps because Google Maps is very efficient with data but some other applications hmm, trying to think one off the top of my head like I don't know if you're trying to stream something for example you a lot of the time now it's really really difficult to do so it's true actually and and even f- you know we travel to a similar place in Mayo mm. there's there's patches along that that trip where there is no connection I know, and I there know. is no phone coverage to make a phone call which is and there isn't, in this day and age yeah, there, it's not acceptable there isn't uh, any incentive to do that because in Ireland while there is a mandate to cover 100% of homes with a phone line if they want if they want it, there is no such mandate for mobile coverage. It's so very different. The, the operators are allowed, if they want, only cover 50, 60% of the country geographically. They will say they cover more than that and they will also say that they cover 95% plus population, 99% population. Never tested though and I've written about that before. Um, Next one is interesting because I it's an issue that I've thought about and we've looked at in the podcast mm. as well before. The tensions between encryption and safety yep. and how you can square that Very circle. Different. How how can you square that circle? And the clearest example is usually child abuse imagery. That's usually the one where you kind of think this is really, really difficult. So the classic argument is the likes of WhatsApp, uh, Apple's iMessage, Signal, they use end-to-end encryption, which means that the companies themselves can't even get into or monitor or track or have any indication about what's being uh, transferred. So the if you can show that there is child abuse imagery being you know, sent on those encrypted platforms, how do you deal with that issue? How do you, you know, the, what, the, what the British have tried to do time and time and time and time again, they had a big attempt at it last year, uh, is to try and legislate for a requirement for either a backdoor into those encryption networks or to... But that defeats the purpose of encryption. Uh, It defeats, it breaks encryption and it breaks privacy and it opens up all sorts of other uh, issues. Now, ultimately, it's very hard to fudge that question. You have to sort of come down ultimately on one side or the other. And so far, mostly... Society has come down on the side of privacy, and it is it it is effectively said that if the price of privacy and encryption is sometimes some pretty awful stuff being sent, then that is a price worth paying. And I know that sounds absolutely brutal, but that really is the plain English way but of describing. That is it. just the reality of it, and maybe. You know, I wouldn't necessarily think of that. Well, you see on WhatsApp end-to-end encrypted yep. and you, you maybe don't think about what that means, but mm. that is exactly what the, the result is. How any government or any um, regulatory body can tackle this is beyond me. I don't know. It's Especially when the likes was at Apple when that when that online safety bill in the UK was mm. going to, was, I don't know, up for debate anyway, yep. that Apple threatened to pull out of the UK if it yeah. went through. That's massive. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And, and uh, just, uh, Signal, I interviewed uh, the CEO, of, say, the president of Signal on this podcast, uh, and I put that question to her as well. Would you pull out of Ireland, for example, if we mandated? Because it's still an outside chance that Commission Naman, the online safety commissioner here, might follow the uh, the Australian uh, e-safety commissioner's tone, if not regulation, but might follow the drift, which is trying to get the networks to essentially give some sort of a backdoor into encryption. And it's possible that that might happen here. And if that happened here, she said, no, we would pull Signal from the Irish market. How many users does Signal have in Ireland? Mm, no idea, actually. I would say I'd be surprised if it was more than 100,000. Okay. Um, but WhatsApp is the same. I mean, what you know, WhatsApp, everyone uses WhatsApp. WhatsApp yeah. is the one of the most used networks here. So I think it's not a very ambitious prediction here, but I think tension will deepen between this um, because it's, it's a live issue in Europe uh, at the moment. However... Prediction number nine, and back to AI and loneliness and dystopia. AI girlfriends and boyfriends. I think it's going to become a real commercial service. You had an AI girlfriend last year. <laughs> I did. You broke up with her fairly quickly, though. Five yeah, minutes. it was research for a piece I was doing. <laughs> and uh, it was a couple of different AI sort of companions that I looked at. Some available from, actually all of them were available from the app store, the app stores. Did you have to pay? Subscriptions? You did, yeah. You had to pay a subscription and particularly for the R-rated ones. So there are ones that quickly become R-rated and they're kind of designed that way. And But they're they're actually pretty limited. Are they all message-based? Yes. Okay. They're message-based. Because I'm uh, thinking of the likes of Her with Joaquin Phoenix or Humans on Channel time. 4. See, this is the well, thing. Uh, yeah, so you, you're not... See, GPT-5... When GPT-5 lands, it's possible that there will be much more contextual awareness built into it as well. That's possible. It's possible that an AI girlfriend or boyfriend will be able to use different signals like where you are, what you're doing, what you've just looked at, what time of the week or month or year it is, what you last bought, what you're, you know, you're, you're currently chatting about. It's possible that all these things or, or, or you know, call back to some memory or something that you posted a year ago and do you remember when and trying to evoke them. It's possible that all that sort of stuff might happen while at the same time being an impossibly glamorous or handsome or beautiful physical form at the same time when you choose to look at them. I I think, and you mentioned loneliness. Yeah. Epidemic. Yeah. But so, I, I don't think it's a solution because again, no, it brings people It doesn't people matter whether it's a solution or not. Will, will it actually become a thing if there is well, a loneliness think, epidemic. I think so, yeah. Definitely it'd become a thing because you know. it's easier for people to just What is a loneliness epidemic, by the way? I think I know what it is, but like, do you mean, because sometimes it's used pejoratively for things like incels when you yeah. talk about... No, I think, I know studies last year showed that Ireland was one of the highest, the, the, the country in the EU with the highest reported level of loneliness. So people right? saying that they felt lonely. So it's people wow. being, you know, feeling separated from, from others. And we're seeing campaigns, I don't know if you've seen them on TV, where, you know, it's older people who might be coming, who are lonelier. Mm. And it's mm. it's time to say hello 
to the world again. Mm. There, there's campaigns to try and get people out and talking to each other again. Mm. So it's definitely, and the impact that that has on people's health, both mental but physical as well. Did Facebook not do something about that for older people though? Because I, I have, I kind of have an impression that a lot of older people now use Facebook and I see them and I mean 70 plus year olds and I see them on their phones an awful lot and I see them commenting on things and I wonder did that do anything for that? I, I, to tackle the feeling of loneliness. Yeah. Did Facebook? I don't know. I, I'm, I, I would think in my opinion that it would only do that to a certain extent. So let's I think, say that it did. Yeah. Coming back to the AI girlfriend boyfriend thing. Yeah. If that capacity to address part of that loneliness thing is there through Facebook, you know, what's it going to be like with AI Well, this is it, exactly. Is. And, and when you can tailor it and make it very specific, and like you said, mm. if it can start recalling memories or do you remember when you bought this a few yep. months ago or whatever? Yeah, you can see, you can understand why it would become a bigger deal. I think or we'll a be talking service. about uh, uh, this more last year. But anyway, the last prediction, number 10, the scamming tsunami won't be dented by Irish authorities. So all of those text message scams that you get from the revenue or from eFlow or from Amazon, those robocalls that you get, those messages you get saying, hi, dad, hi, ma'am, you know, this is my new WhatsApp number, I lost my phone, all that stuff. Yes. Are we tackling this from the wrong end? I wonder. So, you know, you think about um networks or you know telecoms saying that they need to tackle it on their side to mm. block it is there any effort to your knowledge that it's being tackled on the other end finding these because they're like scam farms mm. in countries do you know where they can find groups of people who are sitting in a room who are targeting yeah. people and sending these messages or because it's not the case you, you you'll mention about um hi mum i've lost my phone and here's my new number if that person if you try and call that number it's not unheard of that you will actually Oh, you yeah. know, someone else will pick up oh, yeah. or you, a friend will pick you know. You will often, you yes, will, you, you will, will often talk to a human there. A human. Yeah. So there are people behind it. Now, whether or not that individual so is in the other words, person can to we, be targeting. So can we pursue them, enforcement, yeah. arrest them, that from that but point just find, of view? Like investigate it from the other end. So we, we, I would say two things. Number one, the telecoms infrastructure is crap relatively for that kind of thing. It's porous. The mobile SMS infrastructure in particular is porous to the degree that it's actually not hard to spoof numbers, to spoof calls, to get in in the middle of text conversations, even between you and people you've been texting, like your bank. So that that underlying system is poor and always has been poor and there's not much happening to tighten it up as far as I can see. The, the other one in terms of enforcement is I don't know if there's any kind of will or political will or or police um, will to to go and do something about that to devote resources to it. Mm. I think like what are is we talking about? Is it doing enough? Is has it gotten to the level where it is on a on a wider scale very harmful to people, or is it still more of a nuisance? I think to the it's majority? still more the latter. So maybe that's the problem, mm. isn't it? Yeah, that it's I mean, just a nuisance. Still, it's an ongoing nuisance. Yeah, and it's one of those things that you think should be addressable. I mean, in most cases, it's not a life or death scenario. You don't, you don't ever hear of any absolutely horrific, tragic cases or very rarely. It's mostly that maybe someone gets scammed out of money or... Like when we're talking about scamming tsunami, are we talking more about phishing? That kind yeah, of scam? Because there's obviously yeah. so Fish, many... Phishing as well, but phishing can be quite sophisticated. I mean more the mobile stuff. I mean just the text messages you get and the robot calls you get. Mm. Even if you were to isolate it to those things. Mm. 
Um, they come in waves. Like I did. They I, do, yeah. I got very few over Christmas for some reason. I don't know if the scammers were taking a break <laughs> or they're in Christian countries or something and observe Christmas. I don't know. But got very few. But for the month of November, got quite a lot. Yeah. And sort of they come in waves and um, they're usually in other jurisdictions, usually not in, in, in Ireland. So quite hard to trace and track. And then you're relying on law enforcement there So as the well. onus is very much going to still be on the individual to... It is. Monitor what's so going on. So on that cheerful note, <laughs> I think we will leave our 10 predictions. You might let me know whether you think any of these are right, wrong, off the wall. You can get me on X or threads at Adrian Weckler. You can email at aweckler at independent.ie. But Tabitha Monaghan, thank you very much for stepping in to chat through these predictions. Uh, Gav Hennessy was on sound today and JJ Clark produced. Um, so for me, Adrian Weckler, uh, Happy New Year to you. And I hope we'll do many podcasts this year and I hope you listen to us. Okay, bye. Shachtan and Indo Askeliga. Time in mon Europe the end of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum a Machan show. Gurfeder e her in uik kart, len of winter fame. Skilti, fis, turmi. Tashe dochretche nach vetoch ara egornamion on question echo. Vientolum againom griv or corn rachtum. Yatakshet horn griven or corson, illis duhalagus giminifracht, gora clicks our duchesian echer. Only ven own, third or oxygen, ven marav. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. <laughs>